we see the sky falling over Firmament, Colorado. Peals of apocalyptic thunder shake the earth as the heavens above crack and splinter. Through the gaps, we can just make out a tempest of mercurial silver roiling and surging. As the fissures widen and spread, broken bits of stratosphere begin to rain down like shards from a shattered stained glass window. A colossal piece of sky glass breaks away and begins plummeting towards CNL, but just before making landfall, it shatters into a hundred thousand crystalline starlings. The murmuration swoops and soars in unison through the sky, shifting through many shapes before at last forming an enormous sphere around the lab and campus. And on stage, we see Augie Ball, arcane energy radiating from his headset, and a single starling resting on his outstretched palm. Amidst the crowd before him, we see Leon and Eve, working frantically but futilely to rouse the hundreds of enraptured onlookers. Their efforts are underscored by a low hum building around them as the headsets begin to whir and bleat like mechanical cicadas. One by one, the devices sink beneath their wearer's skin, fusing into their foreheads in place of where the eyes should be. The transfiguration is born in utter silence. Alarms blare inside the Colorado National Laboratory as droves of people flee the building in a panic. Amidst the flood, we can make out Georgiana and Mr. Blue ushering a group of terrified personnel down a long hallway. The screams of the crowd are cacophonous, but they can't quite drown out the sound of something more... primeval in the distance. As the last civilian disappears out of sight, we see a massive grizzly, bigger than a tank, round the corner, skidding and slamming into the wall before charging towards the pair. Blue takes Georgiana's hand and the wall cinched together, blocking the path just before it reaches them. Inches from their face, the metal groans and strains. Further away, we see the FPD headquarters and pan around to the rear exit. Galvan pokes her head out and, one by one, begins ushering the beleaguered members of the sabotage team out from the holding area. When she and an injured Stan at last hobble to the escape vehicle, she's surprised to find the group staring agog at the horizon, though it only takes a moment to realize why. Across the Elkhorn River is a towering sphere of exquisite anarchy. A semi-opaque bubble, at least a mile wide, its roiling surface slick with swirling prismatic patterns. It swells visibly by the minute, swallowing up grass and trees and asphalt, and people caught in its path. After a moment of raw silence, the remnants of the Daylight Society peel away. And deep within the recesses of the Colorado National Laboratory, a thunderclap shakes the foundation of reality itself as the barrier barring magic from this world is indelibly and undeniably shattered. But it's okay, right? <laughs> but, it, but it's cool, right? It's fine. Everything's fine. But in a, but in a, is, uh... a good way, that's fine and okay. And yep. good, Quinn? It's yep. okay, right? It's, it's spooky season. He's just getting a start on spooky season. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, the keeper of Monster and Mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Good day, everyone. I'm Hannah, and I play J.R. the Crooked. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin Hughes the Monstrous. And Tio. Well, hello there. Margaret, get me a drink. (laughs) This is a joke. That makes sense to no one. She's been practicing for so long. Yes. Working on her Mid-Atlantic. I am. I'm working on my Cary Grant Mid-Atlantic accent. It is better than when we started this recording. It is, yes.
Who are you playing? Two. Who are, what, who are oh, you yeah. playing? What's your character name? People oh. will be legitimately worried if you don't so announce confused. your character. Oh gosh, yeah. Sorry. Um. So as we all know, Constance is dead. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't uh, listen to episode fifty-eight and ooh, a half. <laughs> hello there. I play Constance, the expert. When I remember. <laughs> We open on the sundered wreckage of the studio. Mm. Scattered sunbeams stream down from the broken sky through the remnants of the rear wall, illuminating a soft haze of particulates inside. A halo of warped floorboards still bisects the main room, exposed foundation and torn piping left in its wake. And in the scant bit of habitable space that remains, gathered around the rickety hole of Constance's kitchen table, the last vestiges of the daylight society huddle in somber silence. Gathered around the table with the three of you are Pax, Cecilia, Jasper, Stan, Galvan, Kristen, Jenny, and Bree. No one has said anything for a long time now. The only unspoken words around the table are what now? Well, that was a fucking bummer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Man. Man, that Aki. What a card. What just a... Uh, just a... Uh, spicy guy. Just, you know... Just trying new stuff. I imagine that with such a heavy silence, it makes JR uncomfortable because oh, of deeply. the emotional implications. Yes. Oh, yes. So JR is trying very hard yep. to fill the silence. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Yes. Yeah. While that is happening, Constance is rooting through the rubble, looking for the book that had the protection spell that used to be surrounding the studio. Mm-hmm. She's looking for that to put it up again. You know, your library is in a bit of disarray right now, but I think you know the general location of it and you're able to to find it. You know, it's going to take some time to do, and it'll be more like the version of the spell that you put up at CNL to keep the memory monster away. It won't be sort of the same as Mm -hmm. your studio's protection spell, but I think given a little bit of time and work, you can get that back up and running. The full spell needed a complete studio we had to fix. Yeah, which is not really in the cards right now, but but you can create a facsimile of that with time. Great. It's like caution tape. Yeah, I think (laughs) I I probably take like craft tape and essentially do like a string outline of the main room of the studio and then I take a piece of rubble put it on every corner and then that's where I'm starting to draw the rune and I I think I turn to the group that JR is very helpfully entertaining and keeping keeping you uh, know just uh oh that Aki what a what a little so and so definitely not going on the Christmas card list this year right uh-huh. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Fuck that guy, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill him. I'm legitimately gonna murder <laughs> this guy. I just, uh, uh, Constance puts a hand on your shoulder. Like, if a hand on a shoulder could say, "Yeah, I want to kill him too," that's the hand on the shoulder she gives. <laughs> yes. Yes. And my axe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have a question. Like, what's it like outside? Is it just like everything's normal hunky-dory except inside the bubble? Or like, 
walking down the well, street. Is there like a vampire out there? Like a pieces of the sky are falling. Cool, yeah, cool. Well, true. when you say falling, like could they fall and hit me and hurt? Is yes. like okay, all right. <laughs> shards of broken sky are falling. Okay, what is through the shards? If I look at okay, the that. look at the shards, what do I see? Is there Roiling like asbestos up there? Tempestuous silver. Okay, that's not asbestos, but it's probably just as bad. Um, well, for some of us, it certainly is. Silver. Okay. So, yeah. oh, oh no, oh yes. no, oh Alvin. Constance, it immediately reminds you of the hereafter. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. We're just borrowing from another world. Yeah. Quinn, now that we have broken everything, how easy or difficult is it for me to use magic? Oh, that's a great question. What effect does it have? Am I back in the horny, horny world of the the basement? Just like, fuck, this is so great. I think that you can tell that something is different. Okay. It does not feel the same. I think you... I think during your escape, you basically outran the effect of whatever Augie and the Cabal were doing. And so where you're positioned right now, I think you can tell that something has changed, like the fundamental laws of the universe are different now, but it doesn't feel like that concentration of magic that you felt in the basement of the lab. This is a little sexy. I think you know that if you were within the sphere that currently surrounds CNL, it would probably feel that way. Okay. What is Alvin doing right now? In my mind, Alvin was kind of every now and then maybe would like poke his big head around the corner in the back of the studio, but is otherwise kind of pacing in the rubble and just outside. And every now and then kind of like when a wisp of magical energy goes by, he's kind of like snapping at it like a dog does when a we're like when our dog does when a <laughs> fly goes or a by bee. or a bee goes by. So you're still in in coyote form. Yeah, Alvin is still in full full coyote form. Wow. OK. Mm hmm. Now, we'll see if this holds true. My suspicion in putting up a variation of the protection spell is equal parts to protect us a bit from the elements, but also to protect us from ourselves in that, like, maybe if Alvin is on the inside of it, the magical allure outside doesn't quite hit him the same way. and He potentially becomes Alvin again. Unclear, but that is definitely Constance's thought. And I think Constance says as much to the group, like, the world has changed, and we're going to address that. But for right this second, I just wanted to get us started on getting our safe haven back in some form. Oh, by the way, I can probably help with that. And if I can't, Pax scan. Like, we can help with this. uh, That's true. Pax has had their head in their hands, like buried in their hands for most of this conversation. Oh my god, Pax! Pax, Lamont, Lamont, like, like, let's put you, come on, bud, like, let's, let's, here's something you can help with, yeah. And they look at everyone and say, we have to fix this, we have to fix this, we have to fix this, we don't have time to sit here and cloister up in a, a little hobble while the world falls apart. Okay, I go I go over to Pax, and I take them by the shoulders, and not as strongly as I did down in the basement, because that was a time where a lot of shaking was needed, and I give them just a very gentle, almost just like a reassuring like you would do with a small child, perhaps, that, you know, is a little fidgety, and I go, we're doing something right now. Part of us remaking the world is making sure that we're at least in good working order to put this together. 
You're part of a, well, you were part of a large governmental organization. Don't you spend like 90% of the time planning? I'm not saying we should spend 90% of the time planning, but like a very big thing just happened. We are all a bit of a mess. And the first thing we need to do is get a protection spell around here. So, Lamond, can you please help us with that? I think they shake their head and they say, I know we need a plan, but we should be focused on that and not nope, securing nope, this nope, place. Nope, this- nope, 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 no. Everything is shit right now. We need one space that's for us, that's safe for us. Otherwise, we're going to be looking over our shoulders until we fix it. Give me a role to manipulate someone. I think they feel strongly enough about this. You're, you need to sure. persuade them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's a 14. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, geez, <laughs> and I have advanced. <laughs> On a 12 plus, not only do they do what you want right now, they also become your ally for the rest of the mystery. I think I think it's safe to say that Pax is already your ally, but I do think that they look at you, JR, and shake their head ever so slightly and say, I've trusted you for this long. I'm not going to stop now. And they stand up and walk over to Constance and start helping with the protection spell. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got to know that in JR's little heart right now, like... Being a trusted part of a team is just, oh man, she has so many warm, fuzzy feelings right now. This is just a lot. Oh, this <laughs> could be a lot of really interesting journaling over the next couple days. I can say <laughs> that. But um, yeah, okay. All right. This feels a little bit better since my suit is fucking ruined again. I like to, I like to imagine that in the corner after setting up the perimeter line, Constance is like comparing an image in the book. And trying to arrange like bird femurs in a specific pattern and, and Pax just like walks over and without saying a word just starts flipping it all upside down or, or right side up rather. I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's up oh, to you, oh. Constance. Yes, 100%. I think I just like literally hand the book over and be like, hmm. Uh, this is going to take a couple hours. Is there anything that anyone is doing in the meantime or is this like priority number one? So, is Leon on the outside with us? Leon made no. it through, right? Leon, okay. Eve, Georgiana, so Mr. Blue, Sarah, Sarah are all inside the sphere. So, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to put up a. I was going to task Leon to do this because I figured with his murder board experience, creating such a list, perhaps with pictures, would be right up his alley, but he's not. And I'm feeling kind of sad that my sidekick got left behind. This sucks. So I'm going to put up on the wall a list of all the people that are back inside the sphere that are important to us. The Alvin disappears for a while. Do we go on an Alvin adventure point of view of a dog <laughs> just roaming the streets with magical energy? It's yeah, a point of whereas... view of a dog, but instead of like smell-o-vision, it's magic-o-vision. Mm. Yeah, Alvin, where where do you go? I mean, I don't know. He doesn't really have a destination in in mind, but he just gets a whiff of some potent something magic or something like that. Maybe it's the uh, he like follows the trail where the kindred drove off just the other day when they came and wrecked up the place with some magic. I, Kyle, don't know where anything leads, (laughs) but Alvin would will follow it. Yeah, you're following this trail, Alvin. And I think 
it is unavoidable, both from a human visual perspective, but also from a magic sensing perspective, the sphere around CNL. Do I smell bear anywhere? All you sense is magic. Oh, I want to eat it. I want to eat it up. Gobble, gobble. The way that it's going is he's kind of, his animal senses are taking over for about three-fourths of the time before every now and then like a little bit comes back and he's like, maybe home is where I should be. No, the magic, I got to hunt down the magic. And so he's like drifting around, probably getting closer and closer to the sphere. Interesting. Okay. He's a, he's a full guardian. He's, <laughs> you know, for four minutes, he'll catch a scent and just like hound dog follow it and just like try to follow this magic to a source, which is the sphere. And then for like a minute or two, he'll kind of stop and stand up, look around try to figure out where he is think he's lost maybe it's jog a little bit back towards where he thinks the studio might be but then like he'll catch another whiff of ma- like it's everywhere yeah i think i think this continues for a while you sort of wandering about town stopping and starting sort of fading in and out of your human consciousness and into your guardian mindset don't want to be too sad about it but it's not unlike when a dog is lost yeah. Or like a, a scent-focused dog. Catches the scent, gets a little lost, tries to find home, catches the scent again. And I think you wind up quite close to the sphere. You wander through the industrial district and you get to the bank of the Elkhorn looking across. And you can see there's a crowd of, of onlookers who have gathered along with quite a few FPD officers. No one's approaching the sphere. They're all just kind of staring on. And I think when you get there, during one of your moments where you're just paused or maybe on your way back, you feel a hand on your shoulder. Hackles kind of rise up a bit. and <sighs> It is Kristen. It's back away a couple steps. Hey, noticed you were missing. Thought I'd come see what was going on. Kind of look between Kristen and like look at the sphere, look back. And the people there who maybe start hearing a... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know either. But listen, Alvin, not that long ago, you made me a promise that you wouldn't forget me at a time when I had forgotten myself. And I want you to know that I refuse to forget you. The real you. The carefree, kind-hearted, goofy boy. We're not going to forget you. There's kind of a little wave of calmness. His eyes kind of shift back to the... I don't think I ever said what color his eyes are. Green. From his coyote yellow to Alvin green. And he sits and just kind of like leans his little big dog head down. We can stay here as, as long as you need, but this isn't you, Alvin. We need you back there. His like ears perk up a little bit with one last look over towards the sphere and then just kind of like stands and shakes, does a shake and kind of just starts walking back to the apartment. She reaches into her messenger bag and pulls out some beef jerky and tosses one to you. <laughs> his tail wags. Thump, All right. thump, 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 thump. Let's go, Alvin. Back at the studio, I think Alvin's absence was quickly noticed, but Kristen said that she would go find him. And it takes a while. I think y'all are just finishing up the protection spell 
when Alvin and Kristen return. So the protection spell finishes. What happens to Alvin as he walks through the threshold? Ooh, excellent question. Alvin? Uh, still a big coyote, though. When he, as he gets back, you kind of see his yellow coyote eyes have shifted green. Ooh. And he kind of sniffs around a bit, but as he gets inside, I feel like it's less overwhelming. So he spends more time being saying Alvin the big coyote and less time primal guardian the big coyote. But he's still a big coyote. Okay. Can but he, is he a big coyote by choice? Unclear. Okay. Hey, hey, Alvin. Can you hear me, bud? <laughs> uh, can you raise your right paw if that's a yes and your left paw if that's a no? He stands up on hind legs. Okay. All righty. We'll get to Alvin. We'll, we'll get him back, gang. Don't worry. Don't worry. Alvin pads over to the kitchen and grabs a Sharpie in his mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. Okay. Great. All right. Okay. Excellent. Where's job, the whiteboard? Bud. Let's uh and then I think Stan walks over with like a little mini whiteboard and like yes. sits down next to Alvin Thank and just like holds Stan. it up. Mm-hmm. I'm helping, man. You mm-hmm. are. Stan, way to be like way to be a team player here. Way to like see where your efforts were needed and just like go for that. Man, that's some excellent teamwork. Good job, Stan. You are a very valued member. Thank of you. The this seems to like stop I always wanted to help world. in the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good time. Now, uh, listeners, we did say Sharpie, but of course we meant dry erase. Thank you for that correction, because we would get some at us. Or just just some helpful tweets. Oh, and a yes. Sharpie on a whiteboard? No, Alvin yeah. grabbed a Sharpie. Oh, you can oh bring boy. a big pad of... Listen, you've got canvases all over this place. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know? This is an art studio. It's all permanent. <sighs> this is, this is okay. your next art exhibit all is right. Alvin's scribbles. There's some awkward attempts to write a word, and Alvin ends up drawing a shaky pentagram instead. Yes, bud. We're going to redo the seal. Yeah, I think as this protection spell is is wrapped up and Alvin has returned, and especially seeing this inscription, I think Pax looks around the room and says, okay, the protection spell is up. JR, you said you knew how to fix this. How do we fix this? Constance looks incredulously at JR, like, what did you promise? (laughs) You've known the whole time. Look, look, I wasn't going to leave them in the basement, and I have an idea. I just... I don't have it like written down. Like, why are you looking at me like okay, that? Why okay. are you looking at me like that? All right. I have an Pax, idea. Pax, JR often uh, writes checks. Be the, very the careful. Between... Be very careful how you're going to finish this sentence, my friend. JR often writes literal checks. <laughs> <laughs> no, the difference between their checks and others of similar ilk is that she often does find a way to cash them. So um, we w- that, that metaphor might get lost, but the idea is that <laughs> you do, you think- Then what you st- on earth is the plan? Okay. All right. So- <laughs> How do we reforge the seal? Okay. So the seal has, uh, uh, Constance, would you like to draw us the seal? Sure. I can Stan, draw Stan like holds seal. up Alvin's drawing. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Alvin took the liberty to draw the seal for us. Exhibit A. I think while there's a lot of humming and hoeing about how to do it, there's some more scribbling on the pad. Okay. And Stan holds it up, and there is a kind of shaky stick figure mm-hmm. drawn on it with really long arms. Oh, no. A collective shudder passes through oh, the Daylight no. Society. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's time to to go to a primary source. Cecilia like leaps up and says, "I'm I'm sorry. You you want to bring back Dorian?" I mean, there's some more choice. scribbling, and there's then like a frowny face with the tongue sticking out on the stick figure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think Constance hears everyone. I mean, Cecilia said it, but I think everyone is like murmuring under their breath at this point. I imagine. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Constance then like pulls a piece of rebar or something and stands on top of it <laughs> as her soapbox and says, yes, we're going to contact Dorian. And I hate to say it, but I think it's time that we all have a dose of reality. That's not going to be the hardest thing that we have to compromise on today or in the coming days. We're going to have to rethink our approach here because we lost We can put the seal back together, but unless we come to an agreement, including with the people we may disagree with on what that world looks like and what that seal looks like, it's just going to be broken again. So um, it's time to swallow our lumps and call the Gumby Man. I think everyone sits back down. Swallow our lumps. Constance, swallow our lumps. Take our lumps. Yes. We're not taking them, we're swallowing them. They go all the way down. You swallow them, you poop them out, you lick them. It's terrible. In that order? Yes. I mean, I I mean, if this is what it's going to take to to reform the seal, I am not doing that. I am not doing that. Jasper raises his hand and he's like, do we have to do all of those steps? It's metaphorical. It's metaphorical. All right. Okay. Look, the metaphor doesn't... JR, and she points at JR kind of like, you can think of a better metaphor? Yes, <laughs> taking our lumps. Take it, it, It's right there. It's right. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> okay, that is a psych reference that I got. Um, I'm also like almost kind of glad that Leon is stuck under the dome while I have to call his ex. <laughs> it's maybe yeah. for the best. Probably, for, probably the best, yeah. for the best. He'll thank Everyone me later. around the circle nods. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. well. We'll never tell him. Uh, yes, never, never tell him when he asks. It was Dorian's cousin, Borian. And that's who we worked with. All right, how do we, how do, we do that? I assume, JR, you have some magic? Let's see if this will work first. I go and I step outside. The studio. Hannah. And I go, Dorian! (laughs) Hannah, why? I I don't. I think there's something on your sheet that might help you. Dorian! No, the PDFs aren't open yet, everybody. (laughs) No. PDFs are not open yet. The PDFs aren't open. That's why we're resorting to this. I wanted to see if it would Uh, work. You know he's always listening. No, in real Dorian way, JR goes to go outside and opens the door, and he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Ready to strike a deal, are we? All right, I guess (laughs) I have to do some fucking magic. I guess this is... um, Summon a monster into the world. Oh, I was going (laughs) to say do something, one thing that was beyond human limitations and or communicate with something that you do not share a language with. But, oh, we're just going to, we're just going to drag him into this. Oh, he's going to love this. He's just going to fucking love this. He's going to be. I think he might actually love it because he's the center of attention. That's true. Listen, you can call him or you can bully him a little bit. 
it is a rather power move to just like yoink him into the studio. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if he wanted to leave afterwards, he would have no trouble doing he, so. But, he would, yeah. but okay, I want to do that. I want to just it's a like, way to get his attention for sure. Yes. Okay, I agree with you guys. Wait, I have been convinced <laughs> that I am going to summon him into the world. I want it on Bully record Dorian that I bit. think he secretly would like it because it oh. would make him feel very wanted. <laughs> it will, but it will also be a surprise. Like, it's going to yes. be a surprise. He's out there catching sky pieces and being like, oh, magic's free and no one asked me to help. <laughs> okay. Mad All right. Dorian. So for, for those of you who had an experience with Dorian, I would ask you to please gird your loins and Pax... <laughs> If Dorian tries to get you to promise to do anything, don't fucking do it. Don't don't do it. That's that's bad news. It's real. This is like Rumpelstiltskin. You just don't make deals. Yes, I am familiar with the Fae. Okay, well oh, he's right. like okay. he's like Turbo. Fae. He's like the Ur Fae. I think he yes. is the Ur Fae. Yeah, I did so witness he, like, what he yeah. wrought at the Getty as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you'd but you also haven't had like a lot of upfront personal contact with him. Also, he's just kind of an asshole, so don't take it personally. He does smell lovely though, so make sure to get a good sniff sniff in. Please I will don't do that. Please endeavor don't. to make time for that. <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got the key out and I probably have like a small space free in the like remnants of the studio. All right, give me a roll to use magic, JR. That's an 11. Ooh. <laughs> On a 10 plus, the magic works as intended. I'm so proud of you, JR. He's getting so good at magic. Does it look similar to what you did with the Verkalakis? I don't- Where you like create a window and like roll him Ooh, through it. It's very cool. It is very cool. The issue with that is when we were looking for the Verkalakis, we knew kind of what it looked like in the world because we were visualizing a real place. I don't know where Dorian is, so I don't know what I'm having to visualize. But if you have an idea for like me, kind of the window opening so we could certainly see where he was, it's the same kind of spell. So yes, that would work as well. Maybe it's like the window, but it opens in the ground and then homes in on him and he has to run away from it. But then it catches and he has and it falls through. That would be <laughs> very <laughs> funny. Jer, I think you picture Dorian in your mind, focus intently on him. And everyone else, you see a window like the ones you've seen previously, that line of light that swells and expands open into a rift. And as you zoom in, Jr. in your head, through that window, we start to see Dorian and it passes over him and suddenly he is in the studio and then the rift closes. He looks around shocked and surprised and then his eyes land on the three of you and he cocks a half grin and says, things have changed, haven't they? That's like the understatement of Come the Come on air. in, Dorian. Yeah. yeah. Let's chat. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 59 of Monster Hour, where the real monster is your ageless nemesis and best friend's ex, also being your best chance to stop the apocalypse. Bummer. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. 
We would love to have as many people as possible along for the ride as we head into our final arc here. Ah! And your kind words and recommendations are the best way to introduce new folks to the show. So if you haven't already, we would love for you to drop us a rating and review or give us a shout on social media. If you've made it this far, clearly you're enjoying something. So give us a shout. I also want to give an extra special shout out to our newest Patreon supporters, Cap, Ellie, and Jackie. A huge thank you to all of our patrons for putting us tantalizingly close to the goal of being able to hire an editor when my little monster arrives in... Let's see, check the alignment of ley lines here. Five weeks! If you are enjoying what we do and want to see more of it, including special one-shots, GM notes, maps, custom playbooks, and more, you can support us by heading to patreon.com slash monsterhour or by clicking the link in the show notes. Our spooky spotlight this week is Bring Your Own Mech, a rough-and-tumble, mud-and-lasers Lancer actual play GM'd by none other than Reed, the star of our recent PAX Origin episode. Passengers, remain calm and please stay in your seats. We are experiencing pirate activity. Oh, there's just some, um, something happening. Um, what? Them. Um, them. Oh, no. <laughs> At the outer edges of space, where union is but a whisper, humanity scrapes together a living amongst the stars. This is the story of four Lancers, talented pilots of mechanized chassis from all corners of the known universe, thrown together by circumstance and destiny, and credits. Follow Macha, Moxie, Roadkill, and Silver, led by me, Reed, your Game Master, through the Lancer system, a mud and laser style anime mecha RPG. I hope they brought some printers with them, because this is Bring Your Own Mech, an actual play Lancer podcast, and batteries are not included. Follow my heading, and I'll see you there. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We will be back with episode 60 of Monster Hour on October 12th. See you then. Dorian looks around the room and looks back at the three of you and says, looks like you've collected quite a crowd. Yes, I mean, that is factually accurate. Don't know, collect is the quite right word that we want to use. It's not like I have like a, you know, punch out board for pennies and I put people in. That would be really weird. What can I do for the three of you? Since I'm here. And he leans back in the chair. (laughs) Of course he does. I grind my teeth like. (laughs) Constance smiles and says, if you don't know what we're going to ask you, you're not as smart as I thought you were. I'd just like to hear you say it. (laughs) Constance looks at everyone and mimes like swallowing. (laughs) Gulp. We would like to put together a version of the seal. Seal 2.0, if you will. You're the creature to help us make that happen. I'm sure you've, you've already guessed that much. Elementary. Why on earth would I want to do that? Because you didn't like the world that was created, and you didn't like the one before. Don't you want to be part of uh, making something better? I see that you are not enlisted at all to help with the seal breaking. No need. You humans accomplished it all on your own. 
Good job. Is this really the world you were looking for? Magic is back. I can breathe for the first time in over a thousand years. Okay, well, maybe we don't need him. That sounds like living. What I'm offering is thriving. There's some scribbling, and Stan turns the board around, probably saying, I don't know what this means, but here. And on it in shaky, all caps letters, uh, it says, Morgana needs help. Dorian's face, the like schmarmy look on it, fades. Oh. Seems like okay. that might have touched a nerve for you. So you talked to Morgana, little guardian? Alec bristles up and puffs his chest out while sitting. A big woof. We assume that means yes. Safe to say. Our guardian friend here let us know that Prairie, I'm sure you know Prairie, has taken control. Irrelevant. Oh, okay. Otherware is irrelevant. Now that magic is back, Morgana is free. She's finally liberated of that burden that she put upon herself. Sure, she has the freedom to leave, but you know she's not going to do that. Not if it means that Arthur dies. That is her cross to bear. JR. Dorian cannot be manipulated because he is a monster. He's also Dorian. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you something for your grifter ability. Okay. Character abilities. Oh, right. <laughs> Go on. When Dorian flinched at the mention of Morgana, mm-hmm. when his attitude changed, it's not because of her. It's because of what she knows. Huh. She knows about Dorian. Dorian is there at the founding. I mean, he's sealed in the first place. Why? Oh, there, yeah, okay. (laughs) Do you want to draw that out, Alvin? Yeah, okay. There's some more (laughs) furious scribbling, and Stan turns it around. And it is almost indecipherable. There's kind of a (laughs) clock. There's the pentagram in parts. Then there's the pentagram together. There's newly armed man who is there when it's at the time. And then there's a big, big clock and it's very scribbly. And then Ali gets frustrated and is like looking at Dorian and looking at the drawing and looking at Dorian and looking at the drawing. And then just kind of goes and pounces. Big paws on Dorian's chest, pushing him down. Dorian um, whips out a silver sword and has it pressed against your neck. Yeah, there's he barks. He, he goes like, woof, 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 "You were there. You were there." She did tell you. Yeah, I was there. Why? If this is so great, why? If a world free with magic is so great, why were you there? Because I made a mistake. I staked everything. My body, my reputation, my family, on a belief that you mortals were worth saving. That it was magic that had corrupted humanity and not the other way around. Look at what happened. Oppression. War. Exploitation. We removed the ravages of magic and replaced it with colonization and capitalism, planet-wide devastation, and the threat of nuclear annihilation. Humanity has inflicted more suffering upon itself than magic ever did. And let's not forget in the process that we turned this world into a blighted wasteland for us magical beings. And he removes the blade from Alvin's neck. Alvin is relaxing. And where was humanity in our hour of need? That's right. 
with their boots on our necks. I didn't tell you about the greatest mistake I made, but why would I preserve a world where my kind are near the edge of extinction? And he, he is visibly shaking. Well, that sounds to me a lot like a description of a world where you are surviving versus a world where you are thriving. And can I just say, that right there is the first thing you've ever said that I like about you and agree with. If you want to remake the seal, I'm not the person for you. Things have to change. You've had more time to think about this than any of us. What does a different world look like? Okay. Not the one before, not the one now. Before we get too far into this, like, I don't 100% trust Dorian to tell us how this world should look. The being has wreaked havoc through promises with humankind, like, since forever. I am willing to listen to his opinion, but he does not get to be the deciding vote on this. <laughs> right, no. I just want to know what he thinks. He legitimately has had more time to think about it than any of us. Don't want to reinvent the wheel. What, is, what does he think? I don't think any individual person, or I should say creature, decides, but we should hear what he's thought of. I'm curious if he's thought of anything better than just going back to the way it was before, because that's a pretty unimaginative answer, too. And I assume this has been consuming his every thought for a very long time. So where did he land on it? Dorian, this is your chance to play queen for the day. Mm-hmm. A sanctuary, like otherwhere. Trap magic in there with us. Pull it entirely from this world into another, you mean? That would solve the problem. The problem being your inability to access magic? Yes. You could also make the gates permeable. I don't care. As long as we have access to magic, there are a dozen solutions. I would happily workshop them with you. I have only one principle. We deserve to, in your words, Constance, thrive. Magic for kindred. And for you, little guardian. Uh -huh. For all of its children. I might actually count under that. I did this really cool spell a little bit ago. <laughs> so say, I'm just going to go ahead. And... What, about, what about me and McGee? Have yeah, you seen this cool tattoo this. I have? Can we just expand the we to be everyone who's kind of in the zone? You know, it's an expansive we, right? We thrive. We'll workshop the title. I think Constance takes a piece of paper and writes, nobody wins if someone loses. And holds that up to JR as a general principle. What do you think about this? I squinted it. I squinted Dorian. I squinted and I squinted Dorian again. <laughs> I squint a little harder. I think he squints yeah. back at you. And there's just a lot of. It gets to the point where I can't even see. My eyes are just fully closed. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got my face like screwed up in his Scrunched general direction. Up like you had a yep. a warhead. Yep. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> I love this image. I really it's do. Very yeah. very I'm just You've imagining a big with a the entire daylight society like around you, just like everybody watching Jr. and Dorian squint at one another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, in principle, this is a thing that I agree with. Constance smiles at you. Maybe. <laughs> <sighs> and like uh, one little tear runs down Constance's face of like, oh, 
Call Provars and, uh, <laughs> and puts, <laughs> puts between between Dorian and Jr. That's huge. It's so huge. That's big time. Puts, puts big the, time negotiations. I said puts in principle. Yes, uh, counts, of course. Counts. Puts the piece of paper in front of Dorian and says, "If we can agree to this, then I think we're in business." He takes the paper in his left hand stands up and then holds out his right hand to shake. Oh no. <sighs> well, he looks at you, JR. No. And says, "No. You'll need the pact of a wishbringer freely entered." Are That's you exactly fucking what's happening me? right now? That's Fuck. true. Fuck. That's a good That's Fuck. part of the seal. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Constance just starts starts miming swallowing. Miming swallowing. (laughs) To be clear, Dorian says this to JR as she is protesting, but he has his hand outstretched to you, Constance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I shake it. And I think, I think no, no, no. You got to spit in your hand first and then shake on it. That's what makes Oh, the right, right, yep. right. I lick it. Yeah. I lick I just, it and I smack it I want it to be that. extremely clear. Packed magic does not require you to spit upon your hand. <laughs> I'm you sorry. You say that, I but it, I just don't believe it. It does. It makes it better. <sighs> Everybody knows that. I don't know. Some some expert from a farm in Colorado told me once. <laughs> I'm regretting this already. You should. <laughs> Constance, he shakes your hand. And on your palm and his palm, a red circle appear. I think Constance turns her hand over, looks at it, and then looks at her tattoo and like lightly rubs her tattoo and makes a mental note to herself like, one down, one more to go. And just looks back at the team. Mm-hmm. All right, Dorian, welcome to the team. I am as uncomfortable as you with that, JR. Yep. Um, okay, so Alvin gives him a big lick. Oh boy. You know what? Mm. That's that's just extra. That's extra. You're welcome. <laughs> so you can ignore this part, but an important part of being part of the team is contributing something in addition to what else we've brought you here for. So I don't know if you can produce snacks, but we're all a little hungry. And if we go outside, we might die. And I don't mean that in a like, you know, death comes for us all. Maybe not you, but as mortals, definitely death will come for us. I mean that in like, the sky is literally falling and I don't know what it's like to be underneath the piece of the sky. So I'm just saying, Dorian, a really nice thing to do would be to produce some snacks if the spirit moves you. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out a small bag and empties it. And circus peanuts just start pouring out into the studio. I probably should have guessed. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, that and the visual too is. Look at it! This is amazing. Woof. <sighs> well, beggars can't be choosers, and I take one of the circus peanuts and I bite into it, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I think as the peanuts are pouring out, eventually he he cinches the bag and Good. puts it away Good. after we there's a large pile. We don't want to. Like- it's like your cotton candy hand. He's just got a cotton candy hand. <laughs> Just a peanut bag. At the mention of the cotton candy hand, Dorian smiles a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think he looks at you three and says, I can do one better than snacks. Oh? I can tell you how to remake the seal. 
Right, right, right. That's what we're doing. Sorry. Snacks really derail us. It's actually the best way to uh, Don't, make us no. lose Why are track you of all him our, our plans. Secrets? He He's already knows this. Now. He already knows. He needs to defend us against snack uh, snack attacks, as I would like to call <laughs> oh, it. That's very true. Okay. Mm. So what's mm. next? All right, Dorian. What else do we need? Well, it sounds like you have a start. You need the five paragons of magic, the five points of the seal. You have the beast, and he looks at Alvin. You have a wishbringer, and he does like a, a very small sort of bow. And I assume one of you has a backbone to serve as the will of a human. <laughs> that means we just need the guile of a trickster and eternity of the spirit. Beyond that, we'll need a physical vessel to replace the seal. It may need some modifications, given the plan I've outlined, but I'm sure we can make arrangements. We'll need to perform a ritual similar to the first sealing. It'll have to be done inside the sphere. It'll take some time. I don't know how long, but it'll be intricate and complicated. We'll need... He kind of looks around. Help. The last seals were forged by some of the most powerful magical creatures that this world has ever known. I regret that that is not have our circumstance. Have you met JR? No, but I met her predecessor. And the winged serpent. Anansi. We are underclassed, unfortunately. However, we can draw power from the remaining seals. We'll need 12 people to channel the energy. We can borrow some of that strength. Alvin, pause at the list JR wrote up. I am getting good at this. He's not wrong. We're going to need magical backup. I can't do this alone, and I'm going to have to tap on everybody like a battery. I have a feeling... It's going to be like the worst hangover for everybody else. But you'll be alive. That seems probable. So, and yes, there's that. JR, we will need you and your key, and you will have to be perfect. <laughs> oh, that's so much pressure. If it's any consolation, JR, you're always perfect to me. Mm, it is. Thank you. <laughs> Dorian says, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> So, mechanically, yeah. this is the biggest magic. <laughs> it's a new section, biggest magic. To reforge the seal, uh, and I think Dorian explains that his sort of contingent agreement here about sealing magic in a world where he and his kind can exist safely mm -hmm. is something that he can more or less handle. But the broader sealing is going to have the following requirements. You're going to need rare and weird ingredients, the five paragons of magic. Mm -hmm. uh, you are going to need rare and weird ingredients, a physical vessel to replace the seal. Physical vessel, do you mean like a like a person? No, like no, the seal itself. The like yeah. the seal itself, the disc. Okay. The ritual will need to be cast at a specific place. It will have to be cast inside the sphere at CNL. Dorian yep. explains that it is like capping a geyser. It cannot be done from far away. Mm -hmm. It will take a long time to cast, up to an hour. You're not sure how long, but it's going to take some time to get everything situated. You will need a lot of people to help you, 12 people specifically, and 12 humans specifically to draw on the power from the 12 remaining seals. You mm -hmm. will need to use magic as part of the ritual. You will need to experiment with a spell. There will need to be a lot of failures before you get it right. Not necessarily, but you will need to get a 12 plus on your use magic roll to do this. Whew. This is the most difficult magic you could possibly attempt, and so it has to be perfect. And then specific side effects and dangers. If the entities forming the five points are not powerful enough, the ritual will destroy them. 
Mm-hmm. It will just consume them completely to make the seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's a safe bet that Augie Vol and his forces will try to stop you. Yep. Yeah. yeah so it's cool, Quinn. By biggest magic, you just mean big magic with all the requirements. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Question, are we allowed to help out with magic? Y'all are going to be helping out. Whether or not you roll help out mechanically is like, Got it. Okay. we'll see what happens. But y'all- I'm an ingredient. <laughs> yeah, all of you are, are going to be helping. I'm a danger. <laughs> I think Dorian finishes explaining the Herculean task ahead of you. And as he does, you and the remnants of the Daylight Society are about to, to set to work. And just as you are getting started, the newscast that you've had on changes. It's been glued to the sphere all day. But now, a Chiron at the bottom proclaims loudly, Activity at CNL. The feed shows the sphere as it advances slowly but inexorably across the Elkhorn towards firmament proper. The camera zooms in to the bridge, where dark figures are beginning to gather just behind the kaleidoscopic camouflage. En masse, a regiment of people emerge from behind the veil, each and every one sporting an Imagine Labs headset. The camera pans out to a line of confused and beleaguered FPD officers that you saw earlier, Alvin. They form up a barricade on the other side of the bridge. Through a bullhorn, one of them bellows. Stay where you are. A hazard team is en route. Do not advance. The crowd does not comply. In unison, they begin walking forward. Not aggressively. Not urgently, not even purposefully, though their movements seem as inexorable as the spheres. Just walking. About halfway across the bridge, there's a gunshot, an errant bullet from an anxious finger. In a flash, we see the bullet hurtle towards one of the unveiled, but it does not strike him. Just before impact, it explodes in a flash of glitter sparkling and sprightly. The dazzling cloud flitters harmlessly to the ground at his feet. Amid the stunned silence, this miraculously unharmed man takes another step forward. He strides calmly, unflinchingly, across the bridge, until he's standing right in front of the officer, the pistol still drawn and pointed at him. The man reaches out a hand, touching the barrel with a single outstretched finger, and like a firework, the gun bursts into a dazzling cloud of confetti. A reporter breaks through the police line, rushing towards the pair, and the newsfeed cuts to a camera following him shakily. Excuse me, sir? Sir, what's your name? What's what's happening inside the sphere? The man turns, headset square, and level with the camera. There's a moment of a strange silence. The feed flickers twice, and then goes dead. And after a moment, it is replaced by the face of Augie Vol, set against the backdrop of a cozy hearth. My name is Augie Vol. I am speaking to you from inside the Paracosm. The Sphere, as you call it. I know you're probably scared right now. Confused about what's happening. These are frightening times, to be sure. But I promise, I mean you no harm. Quite the contrary, in fact. What I want is a better world. A world without violence. Without pain. Without death. As you have just witnessed, these are not idle words. There is magic in this world now, 
power that our forebearers could have only dreamed of. And with it, we can put an end to human suffering. But I need your help to make that happen. I want you all to imagine a better world. The feed goes dead, replaced by the Imagine Lab's logo. The news does not return. And back at the bridge between CNL and Firmament, we see the line of FPD officers. Imagine Lab's headsets blooming from their foreheads. Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs>